It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. It is so good to be with you. Do you know there was a time in my life that I was just a screwed up individual because I could never master my emotions? I worried about what other people thought about me. I could sit in a room and I'm imagining all these crazy things that people are thinking about me, and they probably weren't even thinking about me. But I was insecure. You know, yesterday, I was talking to an intern here in my office, 18-year-old young lady, sharp girl. She was telling me how her dad gave her some advice as a youngster that play chess above the board. In other words, do life above your situations. Always be aware of what's going on around you and who your opponents are, who are the ones that are for you and against you. And I drove home thinking, why didn't I have that parental advice? My dad worked three jobs and never was there. And my mom didn't really care for me much. I was always causing trouble. So at age 15, I had to go figure out life on my own. And all the way into my adult life, I was just a screwed up individual because I worried what everybody was thinking and they weren't thinking about me. It was my insecurities. And today's show is about emotions. I've asked Dr. Gary Lane to come and talk about, it's a term in the corporate world now, it's called emotional intelligence. And it's defined as the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. In other words, making sense of God in life. See, if we can master our emotions, we can live the good life. We can be on top of our circumstances instead of below our circumstances. So get ready to be encouraged, inspired, and empowered and some new ideas that will be downloaded in your mind today as you hear Dr. Gary Lane and I have this conversation on emotions. Hello, Gary. How are you today? Good morning, Ron. It's good to talk to you again. I'm, I'm doing great. Well, that's good. And uh, I am too. And uh, first of all, what is emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence is a term that uh, is used in the corporate world in, uh, to try to help people uh, work together in a more uh, stable environment. And so I think sometimes the Christians, we hear emotional intelligence and think, oh, that's a worldly, a worldly thought or a worldly process. And yet, the Bible is filled with this idea that we are uh, emotional beings. God created us uh, with emotions, and yet Christians have somehow tried to say, "Well, we don't need to be emotional. You know, emotional. We need to just, uh, you know, suck it up. And if somebody comes against us, we don't get angry. We don't get upset. And that's not that's not the Bible at all. The Bible is filled with this idea of how do I understand my emotions and how do I appropriately respond from an emotional position." And so that, that's kind of an emotional intelligence. How do I manage and understand my emotions? And, of course, we need to probably define the idea of what's an emotion as well. What is an emotion? So emotions are, if you think about it, it it's the outpouring. Yeah, that's a church word right there, I guess. It's the outpouring of our internal beliefs and thoughts. So, in other words, um, you do it and I do it, Ron. We text people, then we throw a little emoji 
on the end and we put a little, you know, clappy hands or praying hands or uh, smiley face or confused face or whatever the emoji is of the day. But what that is, that's an expression of how I'm feeling or as guys think how I'm thinking. And so emotions are the ability to express the thoughts of my heart, the beliefs of my heart. In other words, uh, if I'm happy, I believe that you're being good to me, so I'm happy. So I put a little smiley face. If I, uh, I'm upset by what you said and it's coming against me and there's fear, I put a confused emoji or an angry emoji. So emotions simply are the expressing of the thoughts and beliefs that are in my heart, in my soul. Wow, that's interesting. So let me break it down a little. I walk into my office in the morning for a meeting. I'm sitting there around a conference table with many employees, and I realize that, you know, my hair might be a little messy. Maybe I didn't uh, uh, put on cologne. So I'm sitting there thinking, boy, these people think I look goofy. They think I'm just uh, some weirdo. So my whole time I'm listening to the conference, I'm worried about what people are thinking about me. Is that kind of what you're talking about? That's exactly it. That's that's the fear or this idea that I'm worried about what people think about me. And so I'm upset or I'm scared or I, and I act defensively. They're like, Ron, why don't you sit over here? And you're like, oh, I wonder why they make me sit over there. They must not like me. Uh, maybe I smell or, you know, OK, so what did I do that I have to sit on this side of the table? So suddenly my mind is filled with the emotion of fear, the emotion of unacceptance or, or disrespect. And now I can't operate in the I can't operate in that meeting because I'm still worried about me. And of course, everybody in the room is probably thinking the exact same thing. Why, why did they want Ron to sit over there? How come, how come I have to sit over here? Why didn't I get to sit over there? You know, so everybody in the room has this, this thought life and it's, and it's reflected in our emotions. We sit there with our arms folded or we doodle on our pad and we're not paying any attention and we don't engage. So our emotions, believe it or not, our emotions drive a lot of how we think and operate and yet those emotions come from our actual deep core beliefs of how we see ourselves and how we see other people. That makes sense, Gary. I have been taken back years ago with your conversation when I was just an emotional wreck that I was always trying to impress the other people. So I was never really fully honest to who God created me to be because I was trying to change to fit in to everybody's little playground area. And when you do that, that brings a lot of hell in your life because you're never going to become the person that God created you to be until you get a hold of your emotions. That's kind of what I'm picking up from what you're saying. And and that's so true. God gave us emotions um, almost like not, I don't want to say warning signs, but as uh, an expression of what we're believing in the moment. And, and it's, and it's fascinating that Christians say, well, you know, the Bible says, don't be angry. No, the Bible says, be angry, don't sin. And so those are actually imperatives in the New Testament. Be angry, don't sin. And so you see this uh, in the idea that, okay, this is upsetting me right now, but I'm not going to lash out. So there's a self-awareness or a self-recognition, but there also needs to be sort of a self-regulation that I don't uh, explode. Yeah. And of course, if you think, you think about it, the fruit of the spirit uh, in Galatians five, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, and, and the very last one, self-control. So there's this idea that, that we can control our emotions and our reactions. Well, I think that some people, no, I can't speak for all people, but I think some people, when they start feeling like that and their emotions are a wreck, Gary, 
I think a lot of people think there's something wrong with me. I'm losing my mind. I'm goofy. But in a Christian perspective, I always remember that that scripture verse that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but of principalities of power. I kind of listen to this and think that this is almost like a spiritual warfare going on. You are so right, Ryan. So you pick up on this stuff amazingly quickly. This is emotional intelligence or this idea that I react out of my emotions is it's a spiritual attack on our physical soul or our physical being. So when I hear spiritual warfare, we think, you know, okay, well, I've got to put on the armor of God to fight the devil. And so I don't walk around with a physical belt on or an actual helmet or actual shoes. But what that, what that was an, a metaphor or an example of is this idea that there is something going on in a realm that we do not perceive. And if we're not going to perceive that realm, it's going to make, it's going to wreak havoc on our soul. And that's really our mind and our, and our emotions and how we choose to operate. You know, uh, I think one great writer put thinker, feeler, doer, you know, how do I think? How do I feel? How do I do? What's going on in my mind? What are my emotions telling me right now? God put pain sensors all over our body so that if you cut yourself, you say, ow, my body's indicating pain. It draws attention to the wound and then we address it. And of course, there are people who don't have the ability to feel pain and they hurt themselves all the time. So think of emotions as a warning system or an indicator system that something is going on inside of me. So it's an external event that's having internal uh, consequences inside of me. And we use Bible terms like my soul or my heart. Uh, so we use those, but it's really in my mind, in my emotions. And God created them, and God wants us to listen to our emotions so that we can understand what's going on inside of us, in our hearts. Where's our wounding? Where's our hurt? Gary, I think of the words of Jesus when he said, I have come that they might have life more abundantly. And I think of that abundant life as being able to recognize those little warning signs through our emotions, to be able to perceive the room when I walk into the room and to kind of be, uh, I want to be aware of what's going on. I don't want to cower in the corner over here because I'm worried that people may not like me. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I need to walk in there with a spiritual confidence. So there has to be a makeover in some point in a person's life if they recognize what you're talking about, but yet they want to get to the other end of productivity and a better quality of life. And, and that's exactly it. So, so emotional intelligence, this concept, breaks down sort of in two ways, self and social, or self and external, or internal, external. So if I'm a wreck on the inside of myself, I, I don't really care how you're feeling, Ron, because I have no way to interact with you because I'm all bound up. Or, or tied up in my own thoughts and emotions, I can't look at you and say like, oh, it seems like you're having a bad day. In, emotional intelligence for Christians is, is brings about a maturity that you walk into a storm, you walk into a situation that's tense, and you're calm. There's a peace about you. There's so many examples in the Bible. I've been teaching through the story of Joseph stuck, you know, with all the problems that happened to him in his life, and yet he maintained this sense of God and equilibrium in his life, even when he was thrown in a pit. And, sold into slavery. And then uh, it shows intelligence on his part. It says he was in prison and the cupbearer and the, and the uh, baker were thrown into prison. And, and it says in the Bible, and this is fascinating to me, Joseph said, you know, you look like you're down today. You look like you're having a bad day. What's going on? And so to be a prisoner in prison 
and yet be caring about the other prisoners is fascinating to me. But it shows you his his level of intelligence on a on an emotional stability level was such that he was able to see that other prisoners were having a bad day. And he said, you know, what's up? Why, why are you feeling so down today? I can see it in your countenance. And so that's the self-awareness, which then relates to the external or social. And that way I'm able to respond to others in, in a Christ-like way. And that's what we all strive for. Listeners, we're going to take a break. And when we return, Gary and I will share with you how you can begin to master your emotions and live the abundant life that God has waiting for you. You're listening to Get the Hell Out of Your Life with your host, Ron Myers. Real stories, real struggles, and real hope. The craft, when it came down from the sky, irradiated uh, an intense heat. UFOs. Obviously, something was out there that night. Life on other planets. Did thousands of Phoenix residents see an extraterrestrial craft? Do you believe? The first reports came from the Northwest. The Bible is silent on the subject of extraterrestrial craft. Either they don't exist, or God considers them so irrelevant to life on Earth, he doesn't bother mentioning them. And it moved slowly, not flew away, slowly toward Houston. God is not concerned with your belief in UFOs. He cares if you believe in his son, Jesus the Nazarene. They would fly in formation and they would disappear off of NATO radar. In eternity, what you decide about UFOs will be irrelevant. What you decide about Jesus will directly affect your destiny forever. There will always be UFOs as long as there's anything in this universe we don't understand. We want to know the truth. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Do you believe? Welcome back, listeners. Today, I'm talking about emotional intelligence, basically making sense of God in life with my good friend, Dr. Gary Lane. You know, Gary, before the break, you were talking about Joseph, and I really do believe that is my absolute favorite story in all the Bible. Here, this guy is a, or this young kid, he's a dreamer. Nobody understands him. His brothers want to kill him, but they end up selling him into slavery. Even his dad didn't really understand him. That's kind of like the life we're living right now, most of us as individuals. And and I don't know that they want to physically kill us, but we do think other people are out to harm us so that they can get ahead. So they, they want to say, okay, well, if I can get ahead of you, Ron, then I'm better than you. Or this helps me to be better, think better about myself if I can get ahead of this person or that person. And so we measure or compare ourselves against the world standard, or we measure ourselves against a God standard and think we've fallen short uh, because we're preached that, you know, all have fallen short. And that's true. But the good news is the grace of God is the thing that sets us free. You want to be set free and experience Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that allows him to tell you if you're good or bad. And when he saves you, when you become a Christian, he now says you are good. And the reason you're good is because he makes us good. He adopts us as children gives us an inheritance of heaven and uh, joint heirs with Christ and seats us in heavenly places uh, if you want to read your uh, book of Ephesians. So we are set free as God defines us, not others. But when we're worried about what we think about ourselves and what others think about us, we, we, we somehow fall short. And that's sad for Christians. 
Well, Gary, I discovered that with God's grace that I can love the hell out of those that come against me. Absolutely. Uh, Jesus said it perfectly. He said, uh, this is a great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's an emotional intelligence statement that says I'm self-aware, but I'm socially aware. And so I have empathy. I have awareness. I have a service of uh, an orientation towards serving others instead of what can I get from others. And so it's a complete mind shift when we accept Christ. It, it's a complete change of the way we operate. It's like, it's like we go from a Macintosh to an, um, a PC or a PC to a Mac. Uh, they operate different because they have different operating systems. And so that's what God does for us. If you want to think about it in computer terms, he installs a new operating system, and we should operate from this place of, of empathy and sympathy and, and uh, service, not self-serving. So, Gary, to the person out there that wants to take control of their emotions, what's the first step? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to recognize, and this is part of it, you need to recognize the emotions that are stirring inside of you. And if you're not an emotional type person, that's hard. Uh, so you want to say, what am I thinking right now? And so I want to be able to define those and write those down. Uh, and, and if I don't know what's going on in my head right now, I need to stop for just a moment and say, God, I'm sensing something. Boy, I'm just, I, I, I'm burning up on the inside. I'm angry. I, I feel lonely. Uh, what am I, help me understand what I'm feeling. We must name our emotions. So that's the very first step. If, if my blood pressure's up, if my palms are sweaty, uh, if I feel nervous going into a meeting, if I'm afraid to go to school because I've got to take a test, there's fear, I need to be able to name those emotions. They're not bad. They're not good. They're not, they're not to be graded. We should not start, we shouldn't say, I shouldn't feel this way. I should say, why am I feeling this way? But before I know why I'm feeling this way, I have to know, what I'm feeling. So the very first step is to feel, to, to understand what I am feeling and to write it down. And it's like, oh, that's laborious or that's old fashioned. But there is something about connecting our brain to a piece of paper and writing it down that, that is uh, healing to write down my emotions, not judge them, but write them down. So that's the very first step. You know, Gary, I think of what's happening right now in the world with the dividing of people, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, the black, the white, the unemployed, the employed, the rich, the poor. There's such a division. Is that something like the enemy loves to speak? Am I saying enemy, the devil, Satan sneaks in and, and uses this type of uh, emotional unintelligence <laughs> to, yeah. to divide us and to keep us in disarray. It's exactly right. There's a couple of thoughts come to mind. Jesus said a house divided against itself will fall. So that's, that's emotional intelligence right there. If you're going to divide your neighborhood by the rich, the poor, your society by the have, the have not, uh, those that are vaccinated, unvaccinated, if you're going to divide, then you have to subdivide. Then you have to subdivide the subdivision. And so you start to splinter people. And yet the Bible says that they will know that we are your disciples for our love for one another. And so, again, God calls us back to loving, which means I'm not, I'm not so worried about myself. I'm worried about you and your situation. And, again, that's where Christianity should be the glue that holds things together. You know, I'm in America, in America, our, our motto is e pluribus unum, out of many, one. And yet we divide and divide and divide by, by state, by the congressional district. 
we keep dividing people. And that's Satan's word. And then my other thought is this. Jesus said, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. Those that have eyes to see, let them see. That's an emotional, intelligent statement. He's like, if you can understand this, you will understand it. If you're not looking to understand, you won't understand it. And so those are old fashioned words, we would think, but they're so relevant that says if you're not even paying attention to the schemes of the devil to know that you have an enemy, then you're not, you're not hearing what's being said. You're not seeing what's being shown. And so that's, that's a huge step for us as Christians in this battle uh, of, of the spiritual realm, like you said earlier, against uh, principalities and powers. I'm all about helping people get free in life of the hell that's in their life and let them understand that, hey, listen, life doesn't have to be all chaotic like we've made it. Let's stop, take a, a rest, take some time to pray. And as you said, Gary, ask God, show me my weakness, show me where I need to get strong. And we should have a desire. I, I, I would believe we should have a desire each day to get better in the relationship we have not only with God, but with our fellow human beings. It, it's fascinating, Ron. If I told you, you know, I, I love sports. Uh, I love, I love football, but imagine a team uh, being told before the game, you have already won the game. The, the final score will be, you know, us ahead of the other team. You will win. Go in with that mindset. And what happens when there's a bad play or a fumble or an interception? The team thinks, oh, we're, we're going to lose. This isn't going to work out. But then you come back to the sideline. The coach says, remember, we've already won the game. So go out and play. And when we're done, the score will be that we're ahead. We've already won the game. So you, you play with a different mindset. Oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, but we're going to win the game. So let's keep going. Let's leave, put that, that play behind us and move on to the next play because we've already won the game. So now we just have to walk it out. And so this is what Christ was trying to tell us, Christians. When you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he removes your sin. He exchanged your sin for his righteousness. You become the righteousness of Christ. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm sorry. And so you go to play the game because you've already won. God's not angry and trying to fix you. He fixed you at the cross. Now go play the game like you're the winner that you are. Yeah. So see yourself how God sees you. Yeah, boy, boy, what a different world that would be if we all could see ourselves as God sees us. Uh, Before we go, a couple of things. I want you to do a little pep talk to my listeners, and then will you end us in prayer? Absolutely. And they can find out more stuff about what I'm talking about on my website, uh, functionalchristianity.com. So not to put in a shameless plug, but functionalchristianity.com has links to the YouTube channels and, and other uh, uh, materials that I have. But let me, let me just talk to the listener right now. If, you are, if you're hearing this and you're like, I'm an emotional wreck, that's kind of what we hear. That's okay. God wants you to recognize what's going on in your heart. He wants you to understand how deep his love is for you. But understand the height, the depth, the breadth, the width. Uh, the, the love of the Father has for you. So in this moment, you need to pause. Don't do anything. Pause and say, Father, I'm going to allow you to love me. I'm giving you permission to love me. I don't love me. I don't like me, but I give you permission to love me. And when you give God permission to love you, oh, watch out, because it's going to be an exciting day. It's going to be an exciting ride, because suddenly you're going to start to see things differently. You're going to see things from a position that I am loved by God Almighty. So if you don't love me as an external person, I, I don't like that, but it doesn't faze me because the love of my God is behind me, is in me, it's through me. 
So think of God as your coach, as your personal trainer. Think of God as the one who is there for you to, to always give you a thumbs up and see yourself the way he sees you. I have five kids and four grandkids, and I love them to death. I am for them. I don't call them and tell them you're making a big mistake. I call them and say, how are you? What's going on? I want to share my life with you and your, your life with me. And this is our Father in heaven. So allow him to love you this morning or today, and, and you will recognize a difference in the way you are perceiving life. I promise you, God is good to this, to us. Let me pray for us. Is that all right, Ron? Absolutely, Gary. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much, first off, that you demonstrated your love to us by sending Christ, by sending Jesus Christ. And he loved us so much that he was willing to die in our place. He took our sin upon us so that we could become the righteousness of Christ. And so, Father, help us to understand how deep your love is for us, that you would demonstrate it by sending Christ and that he would die for us so that we could be in relationship with you. Because without your relationship, without your love, we are, we are lost, Father. We, we, we don't know how to walk our way because, because you're not there guiding us. And yet, Father, the whole Bible says that you are for us, that you're on our side, that you desire to be in relationship with us. So, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much for each listener, for each person who will just finally let you love them. So, Father, I pray your blessings on the listeners. I pray your blessing on Ron and his ministry. Father, thank you for loving us so deeply. We love you because of how much you love us. And we pray these things through the amazing name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Dr. Gary Lane, functionalchristianity.com. Dr. Gary is a regular on my program, and you can understand why with all that intelligence that he has. And uh, Gary, (laughs) thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, Ron. I look forward to talking to you some more. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, friends, my time is up, and what a great conversation. Get a hold of those emotions. I loved what Dr. Gary said. Give God permission to love you. Give God permission to reveal those hidden things that you are not aware of. God has something so awesome for you, my friend, but you have to be determined today that you're going to get the hell out of your life. You're going to master your emotions. You're going to listen to Jesus because, friends, this is not a fire drill. This is the real drill. It's time for you to become everything that God created you to become. I believe in you. God believes in you. And Gary believes in you. That's why we love you and God loves you. I'll see you next week. And please share this program with someone that needs to hear what you just heard. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? 
and join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.